0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, God, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We're going to continue our master plan series. And uh, we're looking at where we were studying last week, the power of the Word of God in our life uh, before we do that, why don't we do it one more time? We did it last week, we'll do it this week, and then we'll have to, we'll, we'll, we'll let the Osteen family keep doing it, all right? But just to make a point, I want you to get your Bible, I want you to get your, uh, or your device, I want you to open it up. I love this declaration that Joel Osteen's father, John Osteen, had the Great Lakewood Church declare for years and years, we're just taking a moment, we're emphasizing the incredible gift, privilege of God's Word, amen? Are you ready? I want you to read it out loud with me. Come on, get your Bible or your device. Are you ready? Let's go. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I like that. What about you? That's good stuff. I love the Word of God. So here we are. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 through 47 we're looking at the master plan how did the church originate what was the life and the vitality of the church as it began we're looking at that master plan our commitment at Calvary is that we will not add anything to nor take anything away from the origin and the power of the beauty of this church as it began. So let's read these verses. Verse 42 of Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and their goods. They gave to anyone. As he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we have last week, as we're just working through this passage, We've looked at several areas, and last week I was focusing on the very first thing, the primary foundation. As we look in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That was their priority. It, w- it was the most important thing they did. Everything began and was based off of teaching them the Word of God. The honor they gave God's Word, the honor they gave to the teaching... And receiving that was, was paramount to them. It was the reason they were able to do what they did. I have a great uh, concern as your pastor to answer to God for your well-being spiritually. That you are growing a, a, as a believer in Christ. That that we are not just coming and, and, and having a, a few moments together once or twice a week and life is... Much the same, but we not only have been born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we are growing as disciples in the Word of God. It, it, it seems to me as I, as, as I move about the church world and as I listen and observe and watch and receive from, from many sources of good ministry that the, the priority of the Word of God seems to be on the decline in the modern church. It seems to be that 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 we we have more flash than substance. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That 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 we we have so many uh, things that that we have at our disposal that are wonderful tools, but they are only tools. They they are only methods to help with the message. It is the message that is primary. It is not the methods. Is everybody with me? It, it, it's that, and so uh, we see that we're reminded of that as we come through this I, I don't think that's ever been more important than it is today as you hear the 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 views the, the ethics of our culture the 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 world view that we we are bombarded with in our culture that our children and grandchildren deal with we we uh have there has been a great pushback on what's called absolute truth our our, our culture does not like that uh why because if there is no absolute truth, if there are no absolute truths, then, then what does that do? It, then it says that anybody can be right, and anybody can do what they choose. Th- this is what we hear. This is the conversation that we hear today. We hear this, well, that doesn't seem right to me. I don't feel that way about it. That's not how I see it. That may be okay for you, but it's not okay For me, uh, I I have people quote the Bible uh, to give an allowance for their lifestyle. And I hear them say, well, I've read the Bible and I've come to this conclusion that Jesus loves me. Well, they read a couple of verses. And the Bible does teach that Jesus loves us. And do you know that Jesus loves everyone? Do you know that he loves the sinner and the Christian? Do you know that he loves everyone equally? So we get that. But knowing that Jesus loves you won't save you. You have to act on that. You have to trust that. Uh, You love your children, and if you really love your children, that doesn't mean you let them do anything and everything they want to do. You love them, but you're trying to help them to live something right. And so Scripture does teach us that Jesus loves us, but it does not teach us that his love condones everything we do. So we need to know what the Word says, not what we think, not what we feel, not what seems to be convenient for what I want to do. Are you with me? What does the Word of God say? Do I honor His Word above my emotions? Do I honor His wisdom above my wisdom? Do I honor His love above my choices? Do I trust Him to know more than I know? Do I believe that I should obey His Word regardless of how I feel or what someone else said? It comes to a place do we believe God is who he says he is do we believe he does what he says he will do do we believe in his great mercy and love for us that he's given us his word and so uh, we we have to understand that the Bible is not a book of ritual it is the living Word of God it it contains wisdom knowledge life strength grace hope Uh, do do we study the Bible or do we just you know pull a verse here and there Go through the motions of a Bible guide. And, or is, this, is this the, the guideline, the, the, the wisdom, the knowledge, the, the insight, the incredible gift God's given us? I, I'm convinced there's no problem that you'll ever have that God does not have an answer for that problem. I'm convinced that there's never a need that, that we don't find an answer here. Let's look just two or three verses to recap, and then let's move into some new territory. I want to look at John chapter 1 and verse 1 again for us to understand the preeminence. Say that word, preeminence. That means nothing above it of God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, capital W. That's a title given only to God in Scripture. In the beginning was the Word. So the Word is a, is a title for God here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the Word was God that's speaking of Jesus Christ so what we see is that let's look at it again the Word in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God God and his Word are one if you know the Word of God you know the will of God okay if you if you want to be in the will of God then you must know the Word of God you'll never be in the will of God without the Word of God you get that? You want to know what to do, where to go, what to, what decision? The Word of God is the will of God. God and His Word are one. All right. Let's go to First Peter. We we haven't seen this. I want to go to First Peter or Second Peter. Excuse me. Second Peter, chapter one and verse twenty. It's incredible. These two verses help us so much in this day uh, uh, where everything in our culture attacks the validity. Uh, of the Word of God. Why? Because if we pull away the authority of God in His Word, then anybody can do anything they want. Are you with me? Now, God's not out to ruin your little parade. God's not out to crush your party and ruin your fun. God's out to save your life and to bless you and to help you not live this life, to live your life at the highest level. That's what this whole thing is about. And so we have to trust it. So watch this. Pastor, come on. There, there's the Quran, and there's this book and that book. What's the difference? Because, because this is the Word of God. It's verified so many ways. Look at this. Let, let's look at this. He says, wh- wh- where is the place of this above what? Above all. I want you to get this. You must understand that no prophecy of Scripture. Okay, now, how did we get this Bible? Are you with me? Above all, understand, no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophets on, and I not want you to leave it here, interpretation of things. This word interpretation, interesting word, it, it, it carries this many. So they said, you need to understand this. No prophecy of Scripture. What you have is your Bible. Prophecy of Scripture is at a different level. Not you and I, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophesying, foretelling, encouraging, building up the church, releasing God's plan. Prophecy of Scripture, he says, Did not come about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. Interpretation, listen, means to loose, to solve, to explain, or release. So what did they say? These men that God used to write his word. It did not come from their own desire or ability to release, explain, or interpret what God has said. They... It it wasn't from them, it wasn't their idea, it wasn't their concept. Are you with me? So let's look at this next verse. So how did it happen? For prophecy of scripture, what we're reading about here, never had its origin in the human will. Moses didn't wake up one day and said, you know, I think I'll write the Bible today. The apostle Paul was sitting around in Thessalonica, you know, and and said, you know, uh, uh, Timothy, bring me my schedule for the day. All right, from 2 to 4 this afternoon, I'm going to write the Bible. This is not how it happened. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God, look at this, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This, this word, carried along, in the Greek context, it, it, it's, it's, the Greek's a very pictorial language. And it carries this meaning, someone being born on a ship. B-O-R-N-A, born by, or being carried on a ship. In other words, the subject, the the authors, the writers, are in a passive sense. What does that mean? It's they were being carried along, like you're riding in a boat. They weren't paddling it. They weren't designing where it was going to go. The Spirit of God came and carried them along, like somebody riding on something. In other words, when God chose to use them to write this word. It wasn't their own will, it wasn't their own choice, it wasn't their own idea. They were literally carried under the power, direction, and purpose of the Holy Spirit. Like you would get into a boat and it would carry you to the destination. You have to understand this Bible is supernatural. It is not man ordained. It is not man in origin. He used human instruments, but it's from God. Can somebody say "man" to that? So let's, let, let's look at 1 Peter 1, just very quickly. Let's look at this uh, that we looked at last week. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. We said it in the declaration, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abides forever. God's Word is an incorruptible seed. Every time you read the Word of God, memorize the Word of God, speak the Word of God, you're releasing the life of God. It can never die. Can you say amen to that? Isaiah fifty five eleven. last scripture uh, that I want you to see this from last week. Look at this. So is my Word, God speaking, that goes out from where His... Watch that connection. So is my Word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. How many are thankful to say God's word works? Huh? God's Word worked. God never says something without the power to back it up. God never gave a promise that couldn't be fulfilled. When His Word goes out, He says, I will watch over it to make sure it accomplishes the purpose for which I spoke it. And when it comes back at the end of the day, what God said will happen in our life. So if that promise is true, I need to know what God said. Can you say amen? I need to be familiar with that. I don't need to be left in this world trying to decide what should I do, where should I go, how do I respond to crisis, what do I do with a bad report. I need to know what God said about those things. I need to know that if He said it, He will not allow it to come back empty. That's not the kind of God we serve. Amen? want to I, I want to go to 2nd Timothy I, I want you to turn there and just a quick walkthrough of this letter 2nd Timothy we'll begin in chapter 1 and verse 13 I, I want you to catch I, I'm breaking all my uh, homiletical teaching and my theological training because I'm not following the steps 1 through 3 to put a sermon together but I'm trying to get truth into you today how many how many are okay with that okay because here's what I, I want you to see I, I what I'm what I am Uh, doing with us here is everything I can to help us catch the sense of the place of God's Word in that early church. How important it was in everything they did. Now we've not looked at this. Second Timothy is Paul's last epistle he wrote. The last letter that great apostle penned. He was now incarcerated in Rome for the second time he was now not under house arrest he as he had been in his first uh, incarceration waiting trial where uh, his friends could come and go and, and 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 things weren't so bad now he has been put back in the Roman jail Nero is the Roman emperor he burned a third of the city and blamed it on the Christians persecution is at its peak they are dying in the Colosseum He is taking Christians and literally strapping them to poles and burning their bodies for the torches to light Rome at night. Lions are tearing them apart. And Paul is arrested again because he's a threat to the kingdom of hell and the twisted emperor of Rome. He's writing this last letter. He knows he's about to give his life. He's going to die. He's going to be decapitated in a public square. And he writes this letter to Timothy, his young son in the Lord. This young protege, he mentored him and poured his life into him and, and he's led him along. Okay, you are with me? You, you get the poignancy of this moment. This is it. This is the final saying. This is his last will and testament to his beloved son in the faith. He's, and, and I want you to get this theme again and again, okay? Do, do you get the setting here? So, so watch this. Watch this. I want to read. We're, we're going to read a few verses here. So he says, what you heard from me, see Timothy, keep as the pattern of sound teaching. You're, you're going to see throughout this short letter everything Paul says, Timothy, you have to get the word. Timothy, you have to know the word. Timothy, you have to get this. I'm going, but the word is staying. I'm dying, but the word is living. Are are you with me? He he said, Timothy, you got to get this. What what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Guard the good deposit, the word. See, you got it. Timothy, I gave you something. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you, guard it. With the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Next verse. You know that every... See, watch this. See what's happening. The word. you got to have the word, Timothy. Why? Because you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. He says, they've left me. Persecution is scattered. Including Vigilius and Hermogenes. Next verse. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anisiphorus. Because he often refreshed me was not ashamed of my chain so you see the setting that I shared with you on the contrary when he was in Rome he searched hard for me until he found me let's go may the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day you know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus now watch this as we go into this next verse go ahead go to chapter two uh now watch you then my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus what did he tell him to do and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach the others. One more verse. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What do he say? Timothy, I'm going. Everybody's left me, but you're in here. I want you to teach the word. I want you to teach the Word. I want you to teach the Word. I want you to give to all the other reliable people what I gave to you. Let's drop down. Look at chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. Let's look at this just real quickly. Remember Jesus Christ. Okay, watch this. Raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Verse 9. What do we read? For which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Look at this. But God's Word is not Chain," he said. Timothy, no matter what they do to me, we can't. They can't stop the word of God. Look at verse fifteen in the same chapter. You see this theme. Do your best. To present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Why? Because he correctly handles the word of truth. Every few verses. Teach the word. Preach the word. Keep the word. The word's not changed. It's greater than our circumstances. Look at chapter 3 verse 10. Come on, I'm hurt. You, however, know all about my what? Teaching my way of life my purpose faith patience love and endurance then we go to verses 14 through 17 but as for you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it next verse and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are what able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus look at this next verse all scripture see we read this last week what is what God breathed, the life of God is in the Scripture and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? I know I'm reading a ton of Scripture, but we're talking about the Word today, all right? Let me go to this final chapter 4, verse 1. Watch him now. He says, I'm going, I'm going. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, Who will judge the living and the dead. And in the view of his appearing. And his kingdom. I give you this charge. The final charge he gave this young man. Preach. The word, be prepared in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Why? Watch verse three. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead, to suit their own desires. Hello, America 2019. Uh, instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them. a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Verse four. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Verse 5, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of evangelists discharge all the duties of your ministry. Do you see what Paul taught Timothy? The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. What do you do if everybody forsakes you? You say, I'm living by this Word. What happens if you say life is not going to last, but the Word of God can't die? What do you do when they put him in chains? He said, they chained me up, but they cannot chain the Word of God. It's living. It's alive. It's powerful. Nothing can stop it. If there's anything you need to leave your children as a legacy it is the word of God the word of God the word of God the word of God my goodness how do we walk this life with all the voices and the noise and the chaos and the craziness he said the day's going to come they'll gather teachers what does that mean well when you're lost you're not gathering a teacher that's the church he said the day's coming in the church When people will stop going to the Word for their life to be straightened out, they'll start going to the Word to find an excuse to do what they want to do. Instead of letting the Word transform us, we're going to try to transform the Word. Instead of honoring the Word, we're going to honor ourselves. Instead of humbling ourselves and say, God, whatever you say I'm going to do, we're going to say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to blame it on God. It's where we are. And how do we avoid that? God is for you, not against you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's never anything the Word of God forbids that is healthy. There is never anything the Word of God forbids that will bless you and your family. Everything the Word of God teaches us and enables us is for His blessing on our life. And do you know that there's anything that in my life that needs to change to line up with the Word of God? Do you know the Word of God gives me the power to make that change? I begin to say, this is what God says. This is what God says. This is what God wants me to do. And that's how we move in that direction. What did we learn last week in Romans 10, 10, 17? How do we have faith to obey the Word of God? We know the Word of God. I want to say that again. How do I have faith to obey the Word of God? Because I know the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Come on. Now, let's let's look at something here. I want you to see this before we... we uh, run out of time today. Let's go to Ephesians 6, 17. I I believe I've shown you the power of the Word of God. I believe that you see the priority of the Word of God. Guys, the Christian life is is this incredible privilege to walk with Jesus, to know Jesus, to be forgiven and freed by Jesus. But we're not just, uh, the church is not a club, you know. I'm not talking about the Saturday night club. I'm talking about the Lions Club or the It's not either one of those things. You understand what I'm saying? It's not an organization. Listen to me. It's an organism. We're living. We're alive. We are alive by Christ. How do I walk in that life? I am feeding, reading, studying, memorizing, speaking that word, the word of God. If there's anything I want Calvary to be known, it's a place where the word is honored, where we're men and women of the word, my greatest joy, guest speakers will come and they will tell me, Pastor, this church respects the word. This church wants the word. These people want the word when you come there. Thank God. Let's give God thanks for that today. God, we <laughs> praise you and give you all the glory. Now, there's going to come a place, and and, and, and let me make this statement. <laughs> About, about our spiritual journey on this planet. We're supposed to win all these encounters. Amen. Amen. Well, let me tell you, right at, at this moment, Satan, life, the powers of hell are either occupying an inheritance God's promised you. Illegally, they're doing that, or they're on the way to come take it away from you. I want to say that again. In this journey of faith, like Israel, taking a promised land, it's mine, God said it, but you got to get up and go get it. How many understand what I'm saying? You're going to have to get aggressive. We're not just defensive, we're on the attack. We're, we're, we're aggressive. We, in, in the, on, the, uh, on the Jesus team, we not only have a defense, we have an offense. Now, some people have a defensive mindset serving God. You know, we're just hiding in the bunker and holding on to Jesus. Comes back, my God, my God. You know, all the songs about hold the fort for I am coming. And, and, and come on, tell the truth. You, we just go to church to hide out for about an hour. Oh, God, help me. God, help. i got to go back out there. Jesus, it's going to be bad. I know it's going to be a bad day. The boss is going to gripe at me. The employees are going to not come to work today. It's going to, God, God. Hey. We're not just holding on to Jesus comes. We've got an offense on this team. We've got weapons at our disposal. I want you to hear me. Someone is either occupying what rightfully belongs to you right now or someone's coming trying to take what you already have. So what are you going to do about that? Ephesians 6, 17 tells us this. There's one weapon given in the arsenal of spiritual warfare, and it's this. Take the helmet of salvation... And the what? Sword Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. Let's go back. (laughs) Which is the Word of God. Take the, the helmet of salvation. He's given all this list of defensive armor. Aren't you thankful we are protected from the fiery darts of Satan? But my question is, do you want everything God promised you? Do you want your children to be everything God said they could be? Do you want your marriage to be everything God said it could be? Do you want your walk with God to be everything it could be? Well, you have a weapon. It's called the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I've never seen a sword fight by itself. Even in Star Wars, you got to pick it up and do your business, right? Swords don't fight. People hold the sword. And the swords do the work. Anybody with me? Okay, so the sword of the Spirit, uh, we're not going to go there. We don't have time right now, but but, but I want you, you if you want to familiarize yourself, if you've not read this in in Luke 4 and Matthew 4, when Jesus was baptized in water by John, and then the Holy Spirit came on him and, and empowered him, and then he was led into the wilderness, and Satan tempted him. We don't know everything that happened during those 40 days, but we know there were three temptations that Satan brought against him, and every time Jesus responded to temptation by saying, it is written it is written if Jesus overcame Satan by using the sword of the Spirit by saying someone say saying it is written then I think we should follow the same pattern do you know that and I told you this earlier this year that when Jesus did that in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 when he looked at Satan as he was tempting him and quoted the Word of God as a response to temptation and said, it is written, that was the first time in Scripture a human, now he was God wrapped in flesh, so it's the God-man, first time a person walking the planet ever used that spiritual weapon. First record in Scripture for to speak against that. And when he did it, the impact was stunning. After three times it said the devil left him for a more opportune time. That's a nice way of saying he beat the brains off the devil. And the devil said, I got to go get a break before I come back in here. In other words, if you were watching that wrestling and, and, and it was, uh, 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 you know, the tag team and, and, and uh, that, that boy's getting beat up. You know how you're cheering like it was real. But anyway, you know, you're hollering and, and it's going on and, and it's about over and he reaches over and slaps a hand, right? And, and he gets out of there. Why? Somebody else come in. That's what the devil did. He crawled over and said, dear God, I can't take any more of this. Now, he didn't say he never came back, but he, for a more opportune time. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. We, we get to see that. I want to show you something about this declaring the word of God, about winning your battles. You, if you're going to go in a sword fight, you ought to bring a sword. You go to the battle. Look at Genesis 1, 1, and 2. I want you to see this. Watch this principle. From the beginning of the creation of this planet. I want to show you a concept. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. All right, look at this. In the beginning, you ready? God created the heavens and the earth. Now, let's look at the setting. Watch this. Now, the earth was formless and empty. And darkness, whoop, come back. Darkness was what? Maybe we're having some troubles with those things. There we go. Darkness was over what? The face of the deep. Watch this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. So here's the scenario. Look at this. God's ready to create. We're reading what, 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 what's the condition that we're looking at? And, and, and we're finding there was formless and empty and it was dark. Okay? Have you ever had that moment in your life? <laughs> it was chaotic. And out of order and dysfunctional. Are you with me? And, and and you're trying to say, God, this this is not the way I want it. This is not how I like things to go. And 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 despite that, we get in those moments and it feels dark, doesn't it? It begins to feel like, whoa, I'm alone. That's why we sing songs, not for a moment. <laughs> Have I been forsaken? Not for a moment did my God forget me. Did my God turn His back on me. So, so we relate to this, this, this void, this disorder. Yet, how many are thankful the Spirit of God is present? And notice He was not just present. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was hovering. The, the, you could translate it into the word incubating. The Holy Spirit was present to do something. Although the moment was out of order and dark and, and, and not aligned with the plan of God, the Holy Spirit was present. The good news for you and I is even when you don't recognize Him, feeling, him, know it, the Spirit of God is with you in that moment. How many thank God for that? The devil stacked the deck and it looks like it's about to go down. But you have to remember if God is for you, who can be against you? You have to remember that in the dark moment I'm not alone in this situation. Stop taking the short-term solution. And hold on Is anybody hearing what I'm saying When it looks dark and it looks bad Don't grab a pill Don't grab a bottle Don't call an old Somebody you should have forgot about Don't act like a fool Pardon my language Don't do something stupid Don't grab a short answer Don't do something you're going to regret But pastor It was dark Pastor, it was out of order. Pastor, it didn't look right, feel like, seem right. But what you forgot was the Holy Spirit was hovering over you in that moment. But nothing had happened yet. Still nothing had happened. It was still in that condition, right? Verse 3, which I didn't tell them to put up. If you can find it, fine. But I'll tell you what it said. In verse 3, is where God began to create order out of disorder. And you know how it started? And God said. Do you know that when it's dark, come on, when when, when it's out of order, when it doesn't look right, feel like, seem right, and the devil's screaming in your ear, God forgot you. It's not going to work. This time, you're going down. Remember, the Holy Spirit's there and he has created the atmosphere and all you have to do to launch Order out of disorder, faith out of fear, order out of chaos is do what God did because His Word in your mouth is the same power as His Word in His mouth. And so you walk up and stand and say, wait a minute, it's dark in here, it's gloomy in here, it's dreadful in here, I don't see an answer, but I know the Spirit of God is with me, so I'm going to say what God said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. You stand on the word, you know what it says, you know your God. You refuse to give up, go away, knuckle under, go down. Say the word of God, say his word, speak his word, declare his word. I don't have this verse, sorry guys. Second, I got it hot off the yeah. 2 Corinthians four, turn there with me, verse 13. I put down I've run them crazy with scriptures these last two weeks. 2 Corinthians 4:13, listen to this. Listen to this, listen to this. you need to open it up Write it. highlight it on your device. 2 Corinthians 4:13. It is written. I believed, therefore I have spoken <laughs> with the same spirit of faith. we also believe, and therefore we speak. Come on, look at that. It is written. I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. If you know the word, their day will come. You're going to have to speak that word. Speak that word. See, let let, let me help you. Christianity is just not coming to church, going through the ritual, going through the routine. routine. I'm not teaching you how to be a half-hearted, backslidden, Come to church once a year, person. We have enough CEOs in the kingdom of God. Christmas and Easter only. I'm not trying to build that here. I'm over welcome, welcome if, if that, welcome, welcome if that's what you do. But that's not the goal. We're trying to get somewhere. So, what is an ordinary guy, an ordinary girl, living life in the real world? to see if you can't take this out of here and go to work with it tomorrow then I've wasted your time and I've not preached that word to you so what about real people in the real world man and you get a pink slip and they say this place is closing and life grabs you by the throat and says my God you're going to lose your home you're going to lose your car what are you going to tell your family what are you going to do you're going to say what God said you're going to say what God said you're going to say and my God said he will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory my God said there is no temptation that ever comes to me but that God is faithful who will not let me be tempted above my ability with his grace but will make a way out for me when it comes. And so I'm not going to lose my house. I'm not going to lose my family. I'm not going to lose everything. I'm going to get a better job than I had over here. Thank you for closing that door so I can go through this door. I'm going to have jobs and better jobs. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm, my expenses are decreasing and my income is increasing. I'm going to find money. I'm going to get checks in the mail. I'm going to get inheritance I'm going to go oh here's the same old person every time they come around me let me see I'm t- giving too many illustrations every time they come around me I always give in I can't say no to them listen to me next time they come around turn like that and say get thee behind me Satan and just come, come on I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Watch this. I don't have this up here, but you know this verse. Psalm 22.3 says that God inhabits the praise of his people. Right? So if we, if we worship and praise him and honor him, praising God's declaring who he is, saying who he is. So you, you've got to learn to open your mouth up. Come on. You've got to start talking the word. All right, so watch this. If, 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 by, if speaking, declaring who he is creates his throne, and we want that, right? Come be enthroned, God. And not just a church in your home and work and your car. See, so you can be at work whispering. You don't have to yell to get God's attention. Isn't that a blessing? You don't have to yell. You, you, you don't have to say. You don't have to be at work or, you know, and, and, and say, Oh, God, I tell you, deliver me from these heathens and all these people around me, God. You don't have to act like that. I wouldn't want to work by you if you acted like that. And I love Jesus. You don't. You can just say, God, I thank you. You made me more than a conqueror in everything. That you're in me and greater is he that is in me today than he that's in this world. Sometimes you can only think praying. You understand? You don't have to say it. He knows my thoughts. And I'm declaring it at that moment. And he, we're creating his throne. So if we can... Order, create, establish His throne by how we praise Him in our midst. Watch, 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 watch. If that's true, then whose throne do we create when we begin to say what God doesn't say? If your words have the power to invite God into any moment, any place, any time, anywhere, and His throne throne means He becomes the authority there. So what happens if I start singing the blues? Declaring doubt, fear, unbelief. I know I'm not going to win this battle today. I always give in to this same temptation. I can't do anything about it. I was born this way. I'll always act like this. My father did and my grandfather did and our family does this. It's who we are. I, you know what? You're, you're creating the throne of Satan in your life for him to come in and steal and kill and destroy and I say he's done enough against us. I say he's sat on your property too long. I say he's stolen too much. We We'll not use our words to create a throne for the demon, that hope that is against everything that we believe in. So here's what happens, guys. You're born again, and the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in us. We have been authorized by God. To come boldly before his throne in the name of Jesus. To find help in our time of need. We read in Hebrews that Jesus stands before the throne of the Father ever interceding for us. That when we say Jesus, there is an open door before the throne of God. And so we walk in that. Our spirit's born again. Our sins are forgiven. Come on. The slate's wiped clean. We're righteous before God. But, (laughs) that new life is living inside this thing called the flesh. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? My mind needs to get its act together. My spirit's okay. It's my mind that gets me in trouble. Everybody with me? How does my mind line up with my spirit? I say what God says. I read that word. I remember remember last week? I washed that junk out. I read it. I read it. I read it. The Bible says in James, the word of God's like looking in a mirror. Have you ever seen somebody come to church and thought, they didn't look in the mirror before? They got here. Have you ever come on, don't do it now. Don't point, don't act up. Have you ever sat behind somebody, looked at the back of their hair and gone, "Mm mm-hmm. They need to run that comb one more time. They got in a hurry coming to church today and looked in the mirror and it all looked there, but they should have got that other one and done that. Come on, tell the truth. I've seen people sometimes, and I don't mean to be ugly, but I've said, well, they just took a nap. Got that nap head. You know, they laid down. It's flat back there. Everything puffy here, flat back there? How many know what I'm talking about? You look at that and you go, well, you know. So so, what am I talking about? Blind spots. Blind spots. George Sawyer has blind spots. You have blind spots. Because I'm still living in this stinking house. Someday, I'm going to go to heaven. And I'm going to leave this house behind me. Jesus. Come on, we're going to be bad to the bone then, aren't we going to be? Talking about Holy Ghost, righteous, street walking, gold walking, Jesus loving, no sin Christians. My God, my God. I've, we, we, I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to. We're going to have a hard time recognizing some people. <laughs> anyway, so, so so what happens is I need the Word, I need the Word because George Sawyer can think George Sawyer just fine. George Sawyer can give himself an excuse to do about anything. Tell the truth. Well, I I can act that way because they act that way. Uh, Let me go look in the mirror for a minute here. I think I'm all right. I don't have to forgive them. You know, I'm not forgiving. It's not because I'm I'm not obeying the Lord. I'm not forgiving because, well, i got to protect myself. And so you're reading that, you know... Forgive others like... I'm like, ooh, let's turn a page on that mirror. I'm going to... Every once in a while, come on, tell the truth. You need to do a little bit of this. Let's see what that looks like. Huh? Let's get a profile look here. You know, you'd think we'd be good at this. We're the selfie generation right now. You'd think if you learn how to do a Bible selfie, you'd be... Come on. So next time you do a selfie, get the Bible out after that and take a look. What do I look like today? What do I see today? Pastor, why are you giving me this? Because God's for us, not against us because greater is he that is in us and he that is in this world because no weapon formed against me has the power to prosper because his word's never going to go out and come back empty to him because I know that we're created in his image and likeness we're adopted, we're beloved we are chosen, we are blessed we seated in heavenly places we walk with him he is for us, he's our father he's dearly beloved if the mother forget a baby at her breast he'll never forget you his name, your name Tattooed on his hand You're his child You're his priority Let's know his word Let's build his throne Let's cut the legs off of the devil in our life And no more thrones Let's overcome in the name of Jesus Come on, let's stand together I want my worship team to come Come on, we're going to pray together before we go today How many are thankful for the word of God? The word of God I want you to know that word Read that word Wear your Bible out Go buy another one and wear it out again. Come on. It's the Word. 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 Calvary, I want to tell you, in this day we're living in, and I say I've had a little fun with this because sometimes I find I've got to give a little sugar on the medicine I'm giving you. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I want you to swallow it and, and, and let it go to work. All right. But I'm not no sugar on this. Listen to me. And musicians and, and, and worship tend to come. With the incredible gift of diversity God's given this church, it's it's supernatural. But this culture we're in does everything to disband that, highlight our differences, try to pull us apart. These voices, I want you to listen to me closely. The only way that we can be and continue to be what God's called Calvary to be a place of diversity and unity. Is that we honor his word. If we ever let any voice in this church. Be higher than the word. If we ever let any priority be above the word. This supernatural thing God's doing here. Cannot succeed. Do we understand that? Not the voice of politics. Not the voice of racism. Not the voice of prejudice. Not the voice of tradition. Not the voices of fear. But the voice of God. We have a culture in this church. It's kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. I acquiesce to the word of God as the pastor of this church. I don't teach you my tradition, I don't teach you my family. I teach you his word. You know why? Because I know that'll never fail you. I know that when it's dark and out of order, And the world's screaming. You've blown it. You're down. I know the Holy Spirit's with you. And I know if you'll begin to speak the word of God, order comes, order comes, order comes. It's just the the word of God. So I want us just to, to go to that song, the last one we sang. Not for a moment have you been forsaken. But please hear me. You have to take the word and use it in that moment. Are you with me? I told, I told them Wednesday night as we were praying, man, if you want to learn to pray some prayers that will knock you to the next level, you don't need to miss what we're doing on Wednesday night. It's been amazing. And I told him, isn't it strange? If we get a headache, where's the Tylenol? Let me go get that Tylenol. It's all right. I hope your head stops hurting. I'm, good. I'm all good with that. It doesn't bother me. I believe God can heal. Thank God for whatever makes us healthy. Good. Are we thankful for the gift of health? Doctors, thank God for doctors. The doctors and nurses in this church, I'm so thankful for them. They're a gift, and those that aren't in here are a gift. But listen to me. We get that. We have a physical problem. We go get medicine. Why haven't we learned when we're dealing with a spiritual issue in our life that we don't go get the medicine? What what have we got? Come on. Go get that medicine. What's what are you talking about, Pastor? The word of God. You know, we we diagnose ourselves, don't we? I got a headache. Well, I need a Tylenol. Well, my bursitis is up. So ibuprofen works better for me than that. So come on, you know what I'm talking about. My knees cracking. Get the essential oils, ethyl. Come on. You got home remedies, grandma remedy. Some of you ordering everything on television. Some of us doing everything, grandma said. You got a potato under that leg and tell the truth. Made a poultice. You, dear God, you got something on your knee, I wouldn't put on a dog. Walk in the house. Woo. Come on. Why can't we do that with the Word? What do I need? I'm having fear. The Word says, fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. If you walk through the fire, you're not going to burn. If you walk through the water, you're not going to drown. Don't be afraid. I'm, I'm, you know, what, what, it's there. Go get your medicine and say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. it. Till it changes. All right. We need to stop. Let's make a declaration. I want you to realize this. The Holy Spirit's hovering over you 24-7, waiting for you to speak the word. See, that's i got to do my part. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.